0: Welcome, welcome. Good morning. This is the Daily Wrestling News for February 24th, 2021, and we are powered by the Eastern Observer. My name is Ryan Joy, and I'm coming to you live from Minutes to Belltime Studios on the beautiful treasure coast of the Sunshine State. And I am joined today by the living legend, John DeCani. Good morning, John. How are you, sir? All right. Uh, very good. So how about yourself this morning? Great, great. Welcome, welcome to the studio. And let's get into some wrestling because we have a full lineup. We are going to talk about WWE Untold APA. We're a little overdue on that, but uh, we both got it in. So we'll get yeah. to talking about that. Young Rock episode number two. We're going to talk about that some. We got Impact from last night. NXT lineup for tonight. News and trivia to get all in in this uh, in this half hour, forty minutes, whatever it takes us. So, I'll ring the bell and we'll get started. But we start with our ridiculously random non wrestling audience needs to know you better question of the day, which is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Pickem. Pro Wrestling Pick'em is a place where you can join or host a Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at ProWrestlingPick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. Join now. Learn the platform. Season, two, season is starting up here in uh, April 12th, I guess. So uh, get yourself ready. John DeConte, you might go down. Mr. L. Carl has tied you. Nick. Okay, so today's question is, what's your favorite droid in the Star Wars universe?
1: Okay. Um, recency bias. I just went through uh, the, the Rebels, Star Wars Rebels cartoon, and I really, really was loving Chopper. But when it comes right down to it, story of Star Wars, the Star Wars saga, is really the story of 2 I'm going to go chalk.
0: I'm sorry, did you say R2-D2? Because you cut out it's for a fair. second. I, uh, I have an R2 on my desk here so <laughs> uh, hopefully we don't get taken down on YouTube or anything because of the r2d2 noise that came out of here. <laughs> I don't think they've got that on a copywriter. that'd be very wonderful <laughs> <beautiful. laughs> All right let's begin with APA untold
1: uh, the what do you think John? It was a lot of fun. It was not. It was uh, very easily digestible. It was, you know, under thirty-five minutes. And uh, once again, it's you know, it's two guys who played rough and tumble, tough guys, just sitting around telling ring and road stories. And I mean, come on, what's what's better than that?
0: They had a really nice hook at the beginning. They talked about. Uh, they started kind of dove right in, and they're like you know, when we had all these, we're always asked about these bar fights that we had over at, uh, at Timmy White's bar. And he goes on to say, like uh, Bradshaw and and Simmons are talking about how basically uh, it, all the all the fight scenes were were filmed in Tim White's bar. Tim White's a former referee uh, and handler for Andre the Giant, and uh, and so Timmy White had his entire bar kind of redone on Vince McMahon's dime because the APA would go in and destroy it every week. So the old <laughs> like. Big heavy square TVs were all replaced with the brand new LED, you know, flat panel type of stuff. So, um, Timmy White was like, "Can you throw them through that door or that <laughs> that wall?" You know, type <laughs> of thing. So, kind of dove right in with a funny story like that. But I enjoyed it because it, it it didn't start with just, "Hey, the APAs here." It started with like, you know, here's the background of Ron Simmons. Here's the background of Bradshaw, and they kind of come together and formed the APA in the WWE in you know, the late 90s. But they they start by talking about Ron Simmons, whose grandmother was a huge wrestling fan. She's a fan of Bob Armstrong. He would go into college football. He got drafted by um, Cleveland, but then he didn't make the team. Of all people, he networked with Lex Luger to get into wrestling. I thought that was an interesting tidbit.
1: Yeah, they just they happened to play together in the USFL. So, yeah. And I had forgotten that Luger had, I knew he was a football player at college. I forgot that he had played professionally in the USFL. So. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: incredibly weird. Um, I wrote about, about a year ago now, I wrote a, an article at minstabeltime.com about the Baltimore arena. Um, it, I, I'm, I was living in Maryland at the time, as I did for like five years. And um, it struck me that the Baltimore arena was sort of like a historic wrestling venue. Uh, hmm. A lot of things happened there but one of the most important things was in 1992 bill watts made the call that ron simmons was going to defeat vader and become the first ever african-american world champion and so he did power slam vader got the one two three and they covered that on the documentary at least in in
1: brief detail and then uh, go ahead yep no i i I thought it was very interesting because I remember that's the same Bill Watts that was around WCW at the, you know, right in when Bischoff kind of took over, and I always thought and once again this you know don't SpongeBob me but you know I remember the word being that he was kind of an old a good old boy, kind of a you know, southern redneck, and the fact that it was Bill Watts that you know came to Ron Simmons and said we're going to put the world title on you, and you know Ron was like what it, me really why why not. No, yeah, you, you're good.
0: You're ready for it. Let's do it. And and Bill Watts, Cowboy Bill Watts, WWE Hall of Famer. He um he ran Mid South Wrestling. That that's sort of his big claim to fame. Um, and the guys who were wrestling on top there were you know Junkyard Dog and guys like that. So um, yeah, he you know he basically got to Ron Simmons. We're going to make history today. And so they did. He would come to WWE and then they put the blue helmet on him. And, and Ron just talks about, you know, it's like, I got to make it work. So I did, <laughs> um, he would transition that into the nation of nomination. Meanwhile, Bradshaw, he grows up in Sweetwater, Texas, where he said there were two sports football and spring football. So, uh, and he would come to, uh, WWE in 1995 after wrestling in Japan. It was a fun, it was interesting tidbit when he said that he watched WrestleMania 12 from the backstage area. And said to himself, "I don't belong here." <laughs> you know, af- after watching Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels tear the house down, I guess. So, uh,
1: if you're if you're being honest with yourself, probably more than half the roster, after watching that Iron Man match, should have said that to themselves,
0: including the Ultimate <laughs> <Alpha> Warrior. <laughs> Not least, yes. <laughs> um. So you know, th- so Bradshaw and Farouk would just start riding together. They become friends. Um, and it, another interesting point, and I'm not sure, I, maybe you caught this, maybe you didn't. The person who introduced the Acolytes to WWE, the WWE audience, was Don Callis. <laughs> Don <Conda. laughs> Yeah, as the Jackal, of course, but um, they tell a story for, about pu- working with Public Enemy. I think Public Enemy came in and only had like one or two matches, and it probably because they didn't want to do business here. Um, so, they loved working with the Dudleys, um, but the, but the interesting story of how the APA formed out of the acolytes. This was gold, I thought, and I you know I've never heard this story before. But essentially, they were working in Philly, and they got
1: Bradshaw drunk on the way to Baltimore for his birthday. What's that for his birthday? So yeah, uh, this wasn't this wasn't just any night. It was his birthday. It was a special night,
0: right? And so they're hanging out at the the tv hotel and with the mcmahons and i guess they're completely wasted the mcmahons drop bradshaw off in the limo at the red roof inn where him and ron are splitting a hotel uh, and they wake up the next morning discuss the situation and they're like oh we're gonna get fired so they go to the they go to the arena and vince he does want to see them or at least bradshaw and instead of getting fired, Vince wants to put their drinking act on television, <laughs> and that's the, then the APA is born. So then they have their run as the, as the APA is fun, you know, with the whole backstage segments and the door that they have to walk through and stuff. So a lot, a lot of fun.
1: And I At, thought that, that door, that door was just comedy gold every week. Yeah,
0: I thought it was interesting cause I didn't necessarily remember vividly the whole breakup angle of the APA.
1: And yeah.
0: How. Either. Yeah. It, it completely, um, you know, there was a, t- the televised portion of it was sort of like, uh, you know, Bradshaw, you've been carrying Ron Simmons and all that junk and stuff like that. And, um, so they're going to keep Bradshaw and get rid of Ron Simmons and Simmons kind of expected Ron to walk away, you know, but, um, or Simmons expected Bradshaw to walk away with him, but they don't. And so they split and the JBL character is born. And then we have his 250 day run as WWE champion or world champion, whatever it was. The, the segment really ends with them talking about Ron getting into the hall of fame and, and stuff like that, sort of the after, and you know, the brotherhood that they had at that time. And, and Ron would go back to his early days and said, you know, he didn't have the opportunity to grow up with his brothers and, teaming with Bradshaw sort of filled that void for him. So I guess the APA is really meaningful to these two guys.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you, you listen to Ron Simmons talk about the fact that his mother passed when he was eight and uh, his aunts came and you know, took some of his brothers. away, He doesn't talk about necessarily who raised him. If I remember maybe his grandmother, his aunts took a couple of his brothers away and how you see on his face. He feel, really feels like he missed out, missed out on having that brotherly bond. And then when you hear him talk about John Bradshaw, whatever you want to call him and how much he meant to him and you hear him call him brother. Like if that doesn't hit you in the cockles of your heart, you know, you might want to check for a heartbeat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So it was good. And then you know what? 30, 30, minutes. So it's like not, you're not investing a lot of time to go watch this thing. So, so go and do it. And another 30 minute thing that you can watch is young rock that was on last night. And uh, you know it's just a continuation of his presidential bid in the year 2032. Um, John, what kind of what kind of stands out from you your point of view on the episode? Any uh, big gem?
1: Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, once again we saw you know a little bit of uh, some some characters we know, even though that you know they didn't spend a lot of time talking to him like they did last uh, episode. But we got to see uh, a Roddy Piper character. And he looked good. He had Piper's blue tights down and everything. The thing that stuck out the most to me, and it's nitpicking and it's not important, but it just made me chuckle. Uh, Rocky Johnson in this is flashing back to fighting Ric Flair. He's he's in the middle of another match, but he's remembering or he's telling the story of fighting Ric Flair because apparently his whole life was just telling stories of when he was great. Ric Flair really could have used the sandwich. <laughs> the, guy, the guy that they got to play Ric Flair, especially during the age that Rocky Johnson would have fought him, Rick, uh, you know, back in the day, was very thick through the chest and broad-shouldered. The guy, the guy that they, that they got to play him looked like James Ellsworth with a chin and a wig.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I mean, it's uh, we did we saw that flashback to Johnson versus Flair. We saw a flashback to Johnson versus Piper, as you as you mentioned. And all that—that that is kind of a unique story story element that they use, where you know every once in a while they they flash back to one of these old classic Rocky Johnson matches, in in a way to, to talk about what's going on in the episode. And so this one is all you know. This the whole premise of this entire episode is uh, Dewey Dwayne the Rock asking out this girl Karen. She's one of the Karens. There's Karen, 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 and Bonnie, um, and so he, the Rock calls his dad, gets some advice and stuff, and tells him to be confident and show her, you know, give her what what you know nobody else can. And you know, so the Rock beats himself and he gets the date. And he's you know along the way he's stolen clothes to impress her. He brings her to a wrestling show. His dad tells her the re- tells him the wrestling show is at a college. It's at a flea market adjacent to the college so she doesn't like that part but she really gets sold on the wrestling and if anybody's ever brought somebody to wrestling that didn't watch wrestling this is commonly what happens they start by like what why am i here and then they kind of get sucked into the energy and you know that's what happened with karen in this episode and so she really loved it had a great time didn't like the flea market aspect and at the end of the episode somebody calls wrestling fake and rocky drops him <laughs> knocks him right out so Do not use the f word right and it, and it goes back and forth we go back and forth between um uh, the rock 2032 rock um and you know the the old scenes so you know it's the same sort of like over narration type of thing so fun fun
1: episode yeah well, one of the things that's uh, consistent between rock sitting down for the interview and rock talking to karen is Starting to get the feeling like you know Rock loves his dad, you know Rock actually idolizes his dad. Starting to get the feeling Rock didn't really like his dad too much, you know, yeah. he has that kind of uh that that abused wife line of like when people are like, Well, you why what are you doing? Why are you why are you staying? Why why'd you put up with this? And he's my dad.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then and they're also presenting a little bit of a Conflict, uh, not maybe not a conflict, but a at least some some conflict storyline conflict pertaining to money with the Rock's mom. Right now, she's taking on a job cleaning houses and things like that to bring in extra money. So, definitely some uh, some interesting playoff there, and we'll see how that pans out for, for Rocky Johnson. So, uh, with those uh, documentaries and television shows in the books. How about some wrestling from last night, John? How about impact wrestling? Yeah, let's do some of that wrestling. So uh, Jake something, he's sort of the MVP of the show last night, right? He gets two matches. Two matches hey, in your uh, in your 2-hour episode. He gets a win over Cody Diener or Diener in the first uh, the first match. He puts him through a table. It was kind of an interesting finish where Cody is running down the ramp and Jake snatches him and, th- and slams him through the table. Um, he doesn't get to celebrate for very long, though, because Moose comes to the ring, put <laughs> beats up Jake, and then holds the show hostage. So um, how do you feel, John, about the TNA World Championship becoming an official title? Because that's what it took to get Moose out of the
1: ring. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. You know, I've... I didn't know that they would ever actually declare it, uh, you know, a world title. But I assume that somewhere along the line, we're going to get Swan versus Moose. And, uh, you know, regardless of who wins it, you can call that a title unification so that, you know, that DNA title can go away. But now, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe that sticks around. No idea what their plans are. I, you, You're going to go broke betting on guessing what TNA is going to do or impact is going to do next, but uh, you know, it made for uh, an interesting segment last night for sure.
0: I read a year ago or so when they were, when they were promoting the build up to the WrestleMania weekend, where they had the TNA reunion show that the original plan was to have a spin off show with the TNA world championship involved. So I don't know if maybe they're going to go back to that, you know, if the pandemic happened, everything gets canceled, but Maybe that's yeah. something they're they're looking at still doing.
1: So. Yeah, I, I remember also reading that the the reason Moose just you know picked it up backstage and ran with it was that they were going to kind of use that. Uh, I don't know if it was going to happen at the pay per view or at that spinoff show you're talking about. I didn't read about the spinoff show, but they were going to do uh, kind of the, the old Jeff Jarrett King of the Mountain uh, yeah. routine, and that was going. And Moose was supposed to win that, and by winning it, he would take that title and have a run with that. So yeah, I guess that all kind of Matches together. Absolutely. Yep. Um, the triple threat
0: uh, match got set for next week. So we had this week, we had a six man tag match, and the winning team will then compete next week for a shot at the expedition X Division title at some point down the road. So this week it was Chris Bay, Ace Austin, and Black Taurus getting the win over Trey, Josh Alexander, and Willie Mack. Chris Bay hits the art of finesse on Willie Mack. Um, so two things. I, I predicted that that team would win, but I really didn't think it was going to be Chris Bay getting the win here and not over. I mean, I guess Willie Mac makes sense, but I didn't think it'd be Chris Bay. I thought they'd be pushing Taurus or Ace Austin.
1: Yeah, certainly. And yeah, that, 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 they seem the most likely, but yeah, we got basically, we got a, a replay of the end of uh, Chris Bay taking Willie Mac's X division title kind of, you know, except for the enziguri by uh, Ace Austin, it kind of, unfolded the same exact way.
0: Absolutely. And then uh Trey and Sammy Callahan finally got physical on the show. So uh when Trey walks back through the curtain and Sammy continues to go at him. So that assume presumably a sacrifice match, I guess. hasn't been announced yet. Um, yeah
1: Sammy, Sammy seemed absolutely pleased with himself that he finally got Trey to snap and take a swing. So yeah, yeah, that's certainly coming.
0: Yeah, I'll fast forward a little bit here. So, um, Nivea and Havoc, that storyline continues. Is, um just needs some more time. Tennille Dashwood continues to try to sneak in and get, get involved. Havoc's not really interested. Um, Gallows Nanderson, and they got a win over Triple XL, Magic Killer on Larry D. Finjuice picked on Gallows and Anderson for taking too long to beat Triple XL. And now we have next week a match Good Brothers and Finjuice versus Triple XL and Reno Scum. Um, I don't think anybody's picking triple XL and Reno scum to win that match, but uh, we go back to swingers palace. Um, man, St- storm and Rohit get into some sort of issue. And then Saban stands up and is like, look guys, I love this place and I don't want to get kicked out. So please, you know, and swingers says, nobody's going to get kicked out. Daddy, I'm going to take bets on that match. So I guess next week we have uh, – uh, it is Rohit and Shara versus Saban and Storm on the pre-show, BTI. So um, Eddie Edwards gets a win over Hernandez. Hernandez wasn't Edwards' scheduled opponent, though. He was supposed to face Brian Myers, but Brian Myers says I can't wrestle. Apparently Mark Sterling is now uh, Brian Myers' lawyer. He used to be a lawyer on AEW. Now he's a lawyer (laughs) over here. He took a loss to John Moxley last year. Anyway, Mark Sterling says the new contract that Myers signed says he can pick his replacement, so he picks Hernandez. Eddie Edwards beats Hernandez. Lots of stuff going on there. Next week we have Brian Myers versus Eddie Edwards and Matt Cardona is the special guest referee. Jordan Grace and Jazz earn their impact uh, tag team championship, uh, knockout tag team championship match. So they'll be facing that. Uh, they'll be facing Kiera and Tasha at sacrifice. And then Moose ended up getting his win over Jake something. Uh, but Rich Swan did make an appearance. Scotty DeMore told us he wasn't there, but yeah. he must have not been there at the time. So. Or do, do you think at sacrifice we have a, a title change coming? I mean, this has been a long time building moose, like over. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. I mean, un- unless we have some kind of interference, uh, you know, maybe AEW does a whole. I don't say. I don't want to call it an invasion angle, but maybe you know, unless they have some guys show up just to create chaos. Uh, it's hard for me to f- to see a way out for Rich Swan. Like uh, this is obviously coming, you know. So. Why not do it there? You know, what how do you prolong it? Like I said, unless somebody, you know, gets involved to make it happen another way, right? Right. If I, if I had to bet, I'd, I'd bet on the, the title switch unless there's shenanigans.
0: Yeah, I, I I feel that way right now as well. Moose takes this title, and I and on the other match, by the way, uh, Kira Hogan and Tasha Steals. I think they retain. I think it's too early for them to to drop their titles
1: yeah probably
0: um nxt tonight we talked about dynamite on the show yesterday so if you need if you need to know what's going on the dynamite do check out uh yesterday's daily wrestling news show but today we'll talk nxt uh, at least briefly adam cole is going to explain his recent actions um so that's good apparently we'll find out what's going on with the undisputed era see, my shock the system hat's still still there um Johnny Gargano versus Dexter Loomis in a non-title match. The the cruiserweight champion Santos Escobar is still facing Karrion Cross, but it's a no DQ match now. So I think this helps out uh, Legato del Fantasma,
1: you know, being able to interfere for sure. Yeah, this uh, it certainly it, it keeps it from uh, not that any of us really thought it was ever going to be a squash match because you want Santos to look good in his eventual. Feet, but uh, this definitely lengthens the match, getting uh, sure. wild doves involved. Yeah.
0: And then uh, Zyle Lee versus Casey Catanzaro, We knew that from last week's angle. The grizzled young veterans are going to face Fury and Furry
1: tonight, so that should be fun. <laughs> Just as long as they don't, as long as nobody gets attacked on the ramp during their entrance, I, you know, I got to hear uh, Furry and Fury's music. Yeah. That... <laughs> absolutely
0: and then we found out we were you know doing some uh research to to make sure we had all the last minute stuff before the show started yo shirai has a match on this show against zoe stark formerly known as Lacey ryan she was on the show last week um so that'll be on tonight's episode do you think this is a squash it's hard to tell because you know she's zoe stark is new new to the show but i, I don't
1: know yeah, I mean they they did uh, a, a good job in putting her over last week in a relatively short match. So it seems like I, I'm not I'm not going to say it's going to be a, a star maker match like at the EO and uh, Shotzi match from a couple months ago. But I, I think this match will have a little bit of length. You know, I think uh, Zoe will will get to look, if not strong, capable. So, right. I, I don't see it being a squash.
0: Yeah yeah i think that i think that's the case too and um as we're about to talk about in the news in fact let's just go to the news so i can bring up the uh the nxt recruits today's news is brought to you by the Free Body Slam Brigade newsletter. Each week I compile the week's top wrestling stories. I put them all in a quick to read email that's divided up by company. Nearly 4000 people get the free newsletter each week. In addition to the top stories, the newsletter will keep you up to date on everything we're doing, whether that's new books, podcasts, games, anything else. It's really the best way to make sure you don't miss a thing. The issue comes out every Friday. It is free. And uh don't miss it. We're getting close to we're getting very close to 4000 subscribers now. So okay the news i wanted to, i was just kind of like teasing there is that this week we had we've had all these nxt uh, recruits announced in the past but they all reported yesterday to the performance center uh parker bordeaux who's the guy who looks like brock lesnar a young version of him priscilla kelly eliana block Lacey ryan Lacey ryan zoe stark who we just referred to and Taya valkyrie and Blake Christian also I don't know if we've talked about that on the show before but Blake Christian also in this late, latest class of uh,
1: NXT recruits. It's a shame that uh, Impact couldn't find a way to lock him down, you know. They, they gave him a platform, they made him look uh, quite special but you know up and coming. It's a shame they weren't able to lock him in.
0: It happened. it's happening a lot where if people hesitate on good talent, they're going to get signed. There's too much competition right now. So you gotta, you gotta make that signing so um, so it's it's interesting like you know we have already seen these people are pre- are reported for the first time yesterday but they've already been on television but they haven't had a report for class yet or whatever I guess. so now it's interesting any of these people could show up on the show at any given time uh, presumably not Parker Bordeaux because he has to go through actual training and I think he's starting a square one but the rest of them all have good television experience already. So
1: Parker Bordeaux, that's the one that's uh, the NCAA champion. Yeah, he's the uh, he's uh,
0: the one that looks like Brock Lesnar. I can't remember what his credential is.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I I think in in getting him, they uh, they nailed down the uh, he's kind of like the uh, what's his name? Uh, Chael Sanderson, that they weren't able to lock down back in the day. Now they got Brock. I think that next Huge NCAA wrestler was that uh, jail Sanderson, but he went right into coaching, I believe. And, gotcha. And yeah. I, know, I know Vince wanted him.
0: So, um, a couple other WWE notes. Samoa Joe has actually uh, spoken to Sports Kedia about his future in the ring. Um, bottom line, I guess, for you is that he said that his in career is not over by a long shot, but what he's doing is uh, they're being very careful with his recovery and they're monitoring his health. He appreciated that his health is being respected at a premium and so they're just being careful and when the time is right we know he'll make his return but he does not think he is done
1: so good very good
0: yeah we love samoa joe we need to see him in the ring there you go there's there's the credential for parker bodo he was an offensive lineman and
1: okay yeah
0: but they did sign an ncaa uh wrestling champion we just we talked about that beforehand. It just wasn't yeah, yeah, yeah. That I knew. Yeah. Okay, and then uh, the last piece of news today, Sunday, April 18th, kicks off a relationship between A&E Network and WWE, a biography series airs at 8 p.m. that night. And then following that at 10 p.m., the new um, WWE's Most Wanted Treasures show kicks off. So the biography will be on Stone Cold Steve Austin, and then in subsequent weeks, they also have Roddy Piper, Macho Man Radio Savage, Booker T, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Ultimate Warrior, and McFoley. So tons of biographies going to AE. And then on the uh, WWE's Most Wanted Treasure side, Hunter, Hearst Helmsley, and Stephanie McMahon lead a team of collectors and wrestlers as they try to track down collectibles like Kane's original masks, Ric Flair's butterfly robe, Andre the Giant's passport, and Andy Kaufman's neck brace. Triple H. Hunter Hearst-Helmsley. I haven't said Hunter Hearst-Helmsley in a long time.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> but Paul Levesque, Triple H, whatever you want to call him. That is your news for today. John, we are done with the normal proceedings. Let me see. I don't know if I updated the scoreboard. Um, Travis is 8 or 9 for, for for 20 right now, so you're not in jeopardy there. Yeah, he had a
1: nice, he had a nice four for five yesterday, right?
0: That's right. Yeah, so he's he's now nine for twenty. So we'll update that to reflect. You are in good position to win the month again. You'll be a two time champion. Let's see how you do though. Uh, today's trivia: If you get five questions, a simple majority correct gets you the W. If you win, you get the Goldberg Oscar Award, and if you lose, you get a Hawkins. We are going to be talking about another February WWE pay-per-view that is not Elimination Chamber. It is the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, which took place in February 1999. And initial thoughts?
1: Oh, I'm trying to remember. I remember, yeah, I, I think I, I have an idea. I'm not not exactly. real, real locked in on it, but okay.
0: here we go. So, The Rock challenged this man for the WWF Championship in a last man standing match. Was it A, Triple H, B, Mankind, C, Kane, or D, The Undertaker?
1: Mankind.
0: It was Mankind. Very good. And in this last man standing match, did The Rock win lose, or neither because the match was a draw.
1: By virtue of the way you asked it, I'm going to say it was a draw? <laughs> it was a draw, yeah.
0: <laughs> that kind of gave it away, I think. But yeah, they they, um, they hit each other with chairs, and then neither one could answer
1: the 10 count. Is that what led to the empty arena ugly match?
0: I think the empty arena was halftime heat, which... Ah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it should have been before this. Before I that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Steve Austin wrestled in the main event in a steel cage match against this man, Triple H, Undertaker, Mr. McMahon, or Mark Henry?
1: And This is the one part that I thought I remembered just when you said St. Valentine's Day Massacre was Mr. McMahon, right?
0: Mr. McMahon. McMahon. Yep. Yeah.
1: Three for three.
0: And no multiple choice on this question. How did Austin win the match?
1: escaping the cage
0: more specific
1: <laughs> outdoor <the> <laughs>
0: okay <laughs> i'm not going to give you credit for this because i think this is this is the essence of it the big show came through the floor of the ring and then Tossed oh, yes. Austin into the side of the cage. The cage broke open. Austin fell out, and he won. Oh my God, that's Paul White. Okay, yeah, White. yes, the debut of Paul White. Okay, I'm going to give you uh, you're three for four. You were co- technically correct. He did win <laughs> by escaping the cage, but I was looking Escaped for the cage,
1: just not by his own uh, <laughs> volition. Yes. Uh,
0: okay, and so this this question is is also very fun. Opening contest. The Blue Meanie wrestled and lost in the opening contest against this man who still wrestles. Was it Gold Dust, Ken Shamrock, Jeff Hardy, or Billy Gunn?
1: Blue uh, yeah. Me It was it was uh, it was it was Gold Dust, right? It was Gold Dust versus Blue Dust.
0: You're right, you're right. That's that's a good recall. That is a good recall. Gold <laughs> Dust versus Blue Dust in the opening contest of St. Valentine's Day Massacre in 1999. As we all, yeah, <laughs> as the viewership drops right before my eyes. <laughs> I promise right. never
1: to dance again.
0: All right, so uh, four for five. Great job on that. As I bring up your and Daniel Bryan continues to go on the back. All right, so before we get out of here, let's tell people about some stuff. Here is the chair shot. The chair shot is a steal of a deal, and not only it features a steel chair, but it is also a steal of a deal. It already comes in the super soft style, and no upcharge for that. The same price for double xl triple xl whatever uh no upcharges whatsoever it's 20 bucks it's an awesome shirt with an awesome design john DeCani is wearing it right now which is a happy coincidence so uh let me take this thing down people can see it boom there it is so uh definitely get your hands on one of those 20 bucks like i said steal of a deal Absolutely. and then also some other things while you're wearing that shirt that you can watch uh tune in every Friday night at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer for the Primetime Rundown. Jo, join Joey J. Darzenka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Friday nights for the Primetime Rundown. They take you through the world of sports, like I said, 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And the Essential Wrestling Podcast, it airs every Tuesday. You can currently, right now, go see the replay of last night. Al Carl hosts with John DeCani and myself and John Smith and Gary Mahefee. They take you to through the week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Coverage is again at 6 p.m. on every Tuesday. So go watch last night's episode, and then you'll be psyched and ready to watch next week's live. Uh drop all that other wrestling that's happening on Tuesdays and watch the Essential Wrestling Podcast. And then our show, The Daily Wrestling News Show returns tomorrow with john smith we'll be talking about nxt and dynamite from tonight it'll be a lot of fun our show airs every day monday through thursday at 10 a.m this week we will have a friday special uh gary heffy and i will interview georgia smith daughter of the late david boy smith the british bulldog um we're actually going to just in full awareness everybody it won't be a live episode we are going to take that tomorrow and then air it on friday so should be a great show a lot of fun to listen to john de thank you so much and thank you for wearing the shirt today
1: always a pleasure and absolutely so soft so
0: comfy <laughs> all right let's get out of here